Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Jamie Berry, the president of Evolver Legal Services, an e-discovery and litigation support services company. Hi, Jamie. How are you? Good, Ari. How are you? Good afternoon. Hope you had a happy Father's Day. I did, and you, and I'm excited to have this conversation. So tell us about your background and your role at Evolver Legal Services. I got into the e-discovery business after graduating from law school in 2000, really not knowing what I wanted to do with my legal career. And thankfully, fell right into e-discovery and litigation support, started my career doing litigation support, and then morphed into e-discovery at what is now DLA Piper. And then just had a fantastic ride working in consulting organizations, litigation support provider, larger companies, both domestically and internationally. And that's led me to this position at Evolver, where I'm really tasked with building the e-discovery and litigation support practice there. What's your mission as the company's new president? The mission really boils down to growth. Evolver Legal Services is a smaller organization, but certainly mighty in who they represent and who they do work for. A lot of longstanding corporate clients where we do MSAE discovery work for them. And really bringing me on represents a commitment by Evolver in general to really grow that business and turn it into fierce sort of industry competitor for e-discovery services, both at the corporate legal department level and a law firm level. So the mission is simple, right? Grow the organization and build it into something that much larger and much more dynamic than the previous sort of mantra of Evolver Legal Services. What do you think people should know about Evolver that they may not be familiar with? Yeah. So we are have this conversation with our marketing department and our CEO all the time. It's great that Evolver Legal Services was the provider to these corporate legal departments, but we never really in the past 10, 12 years put ourselves out there from a marketing perspective. And so we're like a startup in that no, not a lot of folks know who we are, but the people that do really appreciate the high touch level of customer service that we offer to our clients. It's almost like a concierge service, right? Where they can come to us as a trusted advisor and we have fantastic, very decorated, long-standing professionals doing our work and project management and dealing with the client's problems. And so I think for folks that don't know who we are, they'd be surprised at the longevity that we've had, the experience that we put together for the team and just the clients who we service. We're those, the individual that nobody really knows about, but once they do, they really lap onto us. Prior to joining Evolver, you spent almost five years with Integrion, much of that time working remotely during the pandemic. How did that experience help shape your leadership style? All of us who called ourselves and still call ourselves leaders in this space were really blindsided by what the pandemic brought to us. So you had to get Integrion's case, we had to get 3,000 people able to work from home in a very short turnaround because clients still expected that we would be able to service them. And so you learned a lot about empathy because everybody had different circumstances going on. Folks had to not only become the breadwinner and the provider for their families, but they also had to be teachers. They had to be caregivers 
for the elderly folks in their family. And you really had to learn that each individual was different. You had to listen a lot more than you talked because people just needed to get things out. And they had to tell stories about who they were and their families more than they did just standing around a water cooler. So the pandemic really taught me empathy. It taught me that we had to really cherish the time that we had together as colleagues and employees. And so as the pandemic broke a bit and subsided and we got back to getting some people in the office, but also travel opened up a bit, you really had to utilize that time to collaborate and build together because during the pandemic, you never knew when the next wave was coming and when travel would be shut down. And so you really had to maximize the time that you had with your colleagues. I I bring a lot of that forward because as the pandemic also has shown us, you don't have to all be in the same office to get work done. And you have employees spread across the country, internationally in some organizations, and you have to find time to bring them together. But when you do that, there's got to be a plan. You can't just bring people in for a dinner and have them go work in a cube, right? You got to train, you got to do things together, you got to learn and come up with collaborative new solutions that it's really hard to do over a Zoom or over a Teams meeting. I recognize that the pandemic was tough for a lot of people, but I think it taught us as leaders that we had to change sort of the way we did things and maybe not a holistic change, but more small tweaks here and there. But I think it made us all much more empathetic as leaders, for sure. And I'm certainly one of those at the front of that line. You mentioned that you've been working in litigation and e-discovery roles for over 20 years. How have you seen e-discovery change during that period? One of the things I hearken back to is in 2001 and 2002, it was almost like the Wild West, right? Like everybody was planting flags and trying to figure out how to handle the challenges and the difficulties with electronically stored information. The way I've seen this business change, look, it's still based on relationships and it's still based on being able to provide quality client service and providing services that lawyers back in the late 90s and the early 2000s really didn't want to understand, right? They had to practice law and they thought dealing with email or dealing with electronic files and trying to find a way to sift through them and find the most relevant information was something that that the IT department did or something that the technologist did. What I've seen is looking over the industry, you have a lot more lawyers that are talking on panels that are being thought leaders. And they're much more not just in tuned with the challenges that are coming up, but they're the leaders in the space, right? They're the folks that are really representing their clients and understanding what challenges they have. I don't think back in 2001, I would have ever thought law firms would have stood up e-discovery practices and been e-discovery counsel for large clients. I thought that they would leave that to the providers. So I'm excited to see lawyers become more of the thought leaders and not just leave it to the techies and the technologists out there. That's changed clearly AI and data analytics have put a spin on this industry because we're all trying to be much more effective and efficient because obviously data sizes are growing and the price tags for these large litigations, for these companies that have a thousand or 2000 pieces of litigation or investigations come across their desk, that's mounting as well. So we need to find much more effective and efficient ways to deal with all this information. And again, the lawyers have to be our partners there because they know the law better than we do. But we really have to come together and collaborate on 
effective and efficient solutions for those legal departments that really need it. You mentioned the emergence of artificial intelligence. How is your team advising on that and incorporating it into its portfolio? Yeah, it certainly has its place. There are a lot of folks in the legal services space that don't really understand the power of AI and data analytics. They are not going to be early adopters. They're going to want to see how other folks handle it and utilize it. So what I've seen is not only do you have to understand how it can help you in a particular case, but you also have to be an educator to those folks that don't understand it at all. And so there's a fine line between just trying to sell it as a service and being an advisor when that service is needed, certainly in the litigation space. And then I've done a lot of work in the last five or six years in the incident response space as well. That is a problem where analytics and AI should be utilized much more often. How do we identify targeted information that is sensitive? How do we look for it? And how do we associate it with an owner so that we can very quickly, without a huge price tag of review, alert those individuals that their data was potentially stolen or exfiltrated from the organization. As we go forward, whether it's working in ChatGPT or finding all new applications of artificial intelligence and computer analytics to the problem, we also have to remind ourselves that not everybody understands it as well as we do or as others do. And you really have to educate as opposed to just handing over a price list to say, hey, you can do this as well. So speaking of education and understanding, you serve as an adjunct professor of law teaching e-discovery law and practice at Catholic University of America's School of Law. Why do you teach that class and how do you see it impacting the legal profession? I'll tell you, when I was in law school, my law school classmates would probably be a little surprised that I'm the one that's the adjunct professor. But here's what I've recognized. I know in my time of working at DLA and also working with other law firms when I've been in the business that as I mentioned before, lawyers don't necessarily understand the reason why we do certain things as an e-discovery service provider. And I thought, hey, maybe I'll write the dean at Catholic, my, my alma mater, and say, hey, I think we could be on the cutting edge of this. Now, there's a lot of folks doing it now in the University of Florida with Bill Hamilton. He was on the forefront and the cusp of doing this. But I recognize that I could do my part by trying to help law students understand why e-discovery is so important so that when they stepped into the working world, whether they worked in a corporation in the legal department or worked at a law firm, whether it was a small law firm or a large sort of white shoe firm in New York, they needed to be educated so they could become really integral members of the case teams. And if you were a graduating law student and you walked in for to be a new associated law firm, if you said, hey, I've review documents in Relativity or some other tool, or I know the rules about why you need to collect something in, in such a way, search it and process it, what it means to produce documents, how to run a privilege screen or a privilege search. If I could teach law students how to do that, then yeah, maybe they wouldn't be so mesmerized when they get into it. And look, I think every litigation support and e-discovery professional will tell you they've had very difficult conversations with lawyers because maybe they didn't understand certain aspects and nuances of what we did. If I could help bridge that gap, I, I thought that would be a great thing to do. And I've been doing it for eight or nine years now that the class has morphed more into different technology outside of e-discovery. So e-discovery is still a portion of the class, but 
we're really talking about new technologies and how it can help the practice of law. I've loved it. And I would say this, if I could do that when I retire from doing e-discovery as, as a service to whether it's Catholic or other law schools here close to by where I live in Baltimore, I'd love to do it. I just, I get so much enjoyment out of doing that. I'll give you one anecdotal story. I had a student who worked for a competitor when I was at Integrion doing a summer internship. And she just reached out to me. She finished passing the bar and she said, you know what? I don't, I don't want to practice. What recruiters or how can you get me involved in e-discovery? Because I love doing project management. I love working with lawyers. And, you know, it, that's exactly what I did when I graduated law school. Just got thrust into e-discovery. This person that has a little bit more sort of background than I did when I got into it. So I'm really excited to watch her career journey. But I think it opens up some doors from an alternative career perspective. Those students who no, maybe they don't want to practice. Maybe they don't want to work in a law firm, but they can still be connected to the legal industry and the legal services space. If they get a little bit of education, they start a little bit further up on the ladder and they can certainly work their way into a very nice career over time. How do you see e-discovery evolving? I think it evolves every day. We're dealing with new data types, the internet of things. Everything is cloud-based now. And so the collection of that material is different. I would have told you back in 2002, I have no idea how we're going to do this, right? We're still worried about how we're getting email off of somebody's computer, right? I don't even know what's going on. I see it changing every day, but that's what makes it exciting, right? I think for those of us that have been in e-discovery for a long time, we're constantly challenged by new things, but we're using all the building blocks of what we've learned over the past 5, 10, 15, 20 years to really put rock solid process in place. We've been burned enough and we've had enough sleepless nights to know that we don't want to replicate right, what we built in the early 2000s. And so we're really taking quantitative and qualitative approaches to how we do things. And you can change the challenge or the opportunity with new data types, new technology that could help us get through those much more quickly and effectively. But that's all things that we're prepared ourselves for over time. It's not like somebody just dropped a brand new comet right into our atmosphere. We got to deal with that. We've been dealing with these small asteroids coming at us over and over again. And we've really prepared ourselves for the challenges ahead. And I think this industry, and I've been in it, as I said, for 20 years and not been in a lot of other industries, we're really born through change and evolution. And so when these new things come our way, well, Going through educational seminars, people really getting up to speed on new technology and new problems, and they're approaching it like they are trusted advisors, like they are experts in this, because they've really dug their heels into these new topics. And six is exciting for me to watch people do that. I look at this industry, Ari, as a bunch of problem solvers that understand legal and tech, and I don't know where else you find that. I'm happy to be a part of it and happy to be in it for the last 20 plus years. And I think it's an exciting future. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Jamie Berry, the president of Evolver Legal Services and e-discovery and litigation support services company. Jamie, thanks so very much. And I just wish you the best of luck in this new role. Thanks, Ari. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.